What the hell is that noise? The caterpillar is screaming. Ah! Ah! Oh, the poor thing's in pain. What he needs is a visit from kindly old Dr. Foot. Hold it right there, Dr. Foot. You're about to kill an endangered species, the Screamapillar, which has chosen your yard as its home. Fine. I won't kill it. Finish the job. <sighs> Mr. Simpson, allowing an endangered species to die is a federal offense under the Reversal of Freedoms Act of 1994. You are now legally responsible for the safety and well-being of this Screamapillar. Everything you need to know is in this pamphlet. Screamapillar care tips. Wow, look at all this stuff. Without constant reassurance, it will die. It's sexually attracted to fire. Are you sure God doesn't want it to be dead? Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review the second last episode of the 13th season. It is episode DABF16, The Frying Game. I'm Dando. I am Guy. And ooh, what a contentious episode The Frying Game has turned out to be. I think a few people, both between Dando and myself and the listeners, are like, eh, not sure about this one. I've got to say, I kind of enjoyed this one. I really liked it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with The Frying Game. Even the ending. See, so this is the thing, right? So, actually, before before we get into the review, I just want to throw a shout out, a happy birthday to my little man, Elliot. Turned three yesterday, had an amazing day, had his first train ride. He had Maccas for breakfast, cheeky chicken for lunch, <laughs> KFC for dinner. Oh, you're raising <laughs> that boy right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, the frying game. This was nowhere near as bad as I remembered it being. For some reason, I remember really... I'm sorry, the, fr- the frying game sounds like Elliot's day, Elliot's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right, but oh okay, man, ten tenders for ten bucks. I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up. But that's such a good deal. I, I did it the other week after you mentioned it, and oh, I had such buyer's remorse. You thought you were blind? <laughs> I did. I, I messaged Dando afterwards. Said I feel, I feel like I've eaten sixty more slices of American cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Louise walks in. Have you been up all night eating KFC tenders? <laughs> I think I'm blind. But it's no idea as bad as I remembered it. I, for some reason, everyone remembers this for the caterpillar, right? Mm. The caterpillar is actually barely in this episode, but it had such a lasting impression. Oh yeah, the little caterpillar. I remember not liking it when it first aired, thinking that was annoying. It was just like, ah, oh, whatever. What is this crap? I actually really liked the caterpillar this time. I didn't mind it at all. Uh, is this is this because you're a father twice over now? I think it's because, yes, I appreciated the waking up in the middle of the night and the vomiting, just that kind of thing. I was like, this is actually really funny. I don't know, but people who aren't parents probably don't get it. Well, they, they, they get the joke, but it doesn't relate to them as much. Yeah, they get it, but they don't get it. I, I'd forgotten all about the Screamer Pillar, in all honesty. And and then watching this episode, my first note was, does, does Schwarzweller just have a kid when he wrote this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah, the comparing to this, this screaming little insect, it's that's it's pretty spot on. That's what it feels like sometimes. It's like whatever. But I, I actually didn't mind. I liked that Homer and Marge were still making the effort, even though they didn't 
want to. Yes. <laughs> I was reading the stories and... <laughs> You, you don't really have much of a say in the matter when something like that happens, but uh, good for them for rising to the challenge in their own unique way. So the Simpsons are very liberal. They've been very open with this, but apparently Swartzwald is quite conservative, and that's where the Caterpillar comes into it because it's the, I think it was like the, the removal, removal of Freedoms Act of 1994 or something. That's why they have to look after the, uh, the insect because it's an endangered species. There goes my first question. So, oh, okay. But yes, that's because apparently the law is, I'm not sure whether it's around the world or just the states, but if you're on your land, they find an endangered species, that land basically now becomes the property of the endangered species and you can't do anything around it. So that's why it doesn't agree with this, apparently. Well, look, that's something that I agree with in theory. In theory, mm. <laughs> until until, you know, until it's your, until it's your property. Yeah, until they find the screamer pillar in my backyard, and all of a sudden it's like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned the ending before. The ending seems to be one of those ones where people just feel cheated. I've, I've read a couple of reviews, and the reviews were so scathing. They not just for the ending, for the caterpillar, for the entire episode. I just kind of thought, I don't know. I don't, I, just, I, don't, I don't see how you can be this angry at this episode because I was really in, entertained by it from start to finish. It didn't really know. It was, I, I, I will admit, it's one of those just a bunch of stuff that happens episodes. But, it is, but it's all good stuff. But I was entertained <laughs> by it, right, for the entire time. And at least with the ending, as some of the patrons pointed out on their Zoom call, their monthly Zoom call, mm. that... At least they tried to explain the ending this time. It wasn't just a Ghostbuster-esque, hey, let's just try and fill in time for 20 seconds. It was an explanation. And I remember watching this, actually. I had this vivid memory of watching this episode as a kid and my mum going, oh, well, that's just stupid. The guy was actually coming to lecture, right? But the thing for me is, right, let me me just say, if I'm willing to accept that George Carlin's Rufus was actually Mrs. Wardrow in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey at the end when he unzips the costume and Rufus comes out, if I can Mm. accept that and enjoy that, then I have to accept this. Oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a... I think that was a cross between, oh, God, yeah, and oh, goodness, yeah. Instead, it was, a, instead it was oh, goodness, oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. So I, I kind of phrase. But Patrons, guys now known as your goddess. But it's funny, the end of this episode, because when did this episode air? You're, May 19th, 2002. It's still 2002. I looked up reality shows on the Fox network in the early 2000s after this. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a slew of shows that air after this episode aired, or that were that premiered after this episode went to air, that sort of hinged on deception and deceit and big frauds, like things like Joe Millionaire, my big fat obnoxious fiance. I'm not making these up, by the way. These are actual shows that <laughs> aired on fat, Fox. Obnoxious fiance. My big fat obnoxious fiance is one where there's okay, because I play on my big fat Greek wedding. Yes, course, yeah, yeah, but what it was, I don't know. If we, we could talk about it now. This woman. Uh, is told that she will get $250,000 and her family will also get $250,000 if she goes through with this social experiment where she marries this guy that she's met for like the first time. It's a bit like married at first sight or whatever, except the guy turns out to be this absolute slob, completely obnoxious as per the title. And she's like, oh, this guy's the worst. Oh, and... My family hates him, and she can't tell her family that it's all... Oh, okay, so that's the kick. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the very end, sorry for people who want to go into my big fat (laughs) obnoxious fiancé unspoiled, but it's revealed at the end, hey, I was an actor, and I was making that shit up all the time. 
At which point she goes, oh, what? And the family goes, oh, what? And they get like a half a million bucks. So <laughs> now they did it's that. It's the after, same shit, yeah. It's the same shit, but they did it after this. So maybe the, those shows were inspired by the frying game. Yeah, for, for some reason, the earliest reality show I can remember watching was in the late 90s here in Australia. And mm. it was before Big Brother. It was called The House from Hell, I think. Oh, I can still hear that theme music in my head. It's like, we're the house from the house from hell. And it was just chucking a bunch of people in a house and not letting them leave. And it was just, it was oh. the exact same thing as Big Brother, basically, but they were just in a house. That's great. There's a, there's a terrific horror movie from the early 2000s called My Little, my Little Eye that has exactly the same premise. It's a really good movie, by the way, worth checking out. I remember there was a, um, a Halloween H2O episode based around, not H2O, just a Halloween movie, I should say. Based around that kind of premise, wasn't it a reality movie, a reality show, or something? Was that the shit one, Halloween Resurrection, with like Buster yeah. Rhymes in it? Buster Rhymes is yeah. in it, yes. Yeah, yeah, Buster Rhymes like karate kicks Michael Myers to say, "Happy Halloween, motherfucker." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the exact same bit. That's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Buster. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah. So I actually didn't mind the ending because at least they tried to explain it. But people, people hated. It. I can understand why. I can, I can, I can completely get it. But me personally, I enjoyed this episode a lot more than I expected to. I enjoyed the screaming pillar. I thought this was a lot of fun. <laughs> so did I. Look, um, I don't know if it's my appreciation for John Sportswelder, who's kind of shaping up as the MVP of season 13. But there's just a lot of really great little throwaway gags, little one-liners, little visual bits uh, that I really dug. There's, and they're studded all the way through it. You know, so, yeah, look, the story is not exactly super solid. But it's decorated so well with great character bits, terrific lines of dialogue. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed the frying game, and I have no problem whatsoever with the ending. I think it's yeah. Look, <laughs> I'm sure there, it it may feel like a bit of a cop out, but we've seen genuine cop outs on The Simpsons, <laughs> as the as the patrons pointed out the other night, and 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 as other people have pointed out, at least it's an ending. At least they're trying to resolve it. Yeah. That's it. The, the only thing about the ending was that, so who did and didn't know? Because yeah. they, when they revealed, oh, hey, it's all a big show, the people who were sitting there watching the, the execution all sort of had big smiles on their faces like they were all in on the joke. That's right, but then, yeah. But then Wiggum apparently didn't know. It was just, hmm. I was like, okay, well, who did and didn't know? But if that, that's the only bit that I was just kind of like, what? But, but besides that, I just, I enjoyed it. Or in that case, it's very smart on the uh, on the part of the makers of the show to just sort of reveal it and then get out. It's yeah, like before you get a chance to ask him any questions, we're done. <laughs> hey, my favorite. What was your favorite moment from the flying game? I've got a few. I think I've, mm-hmm. I think I've told uh, listeners in the past. I'm very old school. I don't write my notes for the show on a computer. I actually handwrite them out, and then I'll highlight yep. using my my magic four pack of highlighter pens. My trivia questions, my favourite bits, whatever, whatever. And the green pen is used for my favourite bits. A lot of, lot of green on the pages. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, green is good. Green is good. As I said, just little things. I love the little metal guitar riff when, you know, the angel and the devil appear on Homer's shoulder. The devil shows up and it's like, meow. It's oh, like, yes. Yeah, of course. Because this, this is the early 2000s. This is the extreme era. So, you know, anytime the devil shows up, it's going to be, meow. <laughs> very funny. Also, also very Bill and Ted esque. True. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Homer being charged with aggravated buggery for the uh, 
for the uh, yeah. crime against the screen pillar. Play, you know, it tickled my uh, my pun loving funny bone. Doesn't to bugger mean to molester? It does. It, buggery means anal, apparently. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's British though, only in Britain, not in, not in America. So obviously he was playing on the the, the bug pun, but yeah, in, it, it in is, England yeah. it uses a term of abuse typically for a man for for anal in, abuse. Yeah, in, indeed, yes. I think our English friends would be going, "Oh my!" <laughs> <laughs> Fan of any time Homer does this. I don't know if we're watching on the Zoom call, but he's shaking his fist, or he goes, <laughs> or he does this. Spirit fingers. <laughs> yeah, waggles his fingers. And when he's talking about Mrs. Bellamy, so just talking about not crossing old ladies, they put spells on you. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we also we also got a fist-shaking moment at some point in this episode. We did indeed. I think I may have put that in my... Did I put this in my favourite bits? I'll probably mention it we'll, during we'll, the thing. We'll get to it, yeah. Look, there are so many Irish. Oh, look, I'll talk to them, talk about them during the episode. Although one that I did like was just Kent Brockman leading into the news story on the bulletin about the mm. Simpsons, but uh, closing out with "and the elephant that couldn't stop laughing was put to death." <laughs> 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 That's that strikes me as real vintage Schwartzwelder of just yeah. It's not even a punchline at the end of a gag; it's a punchline at the start of a gag. It's great. I really dug that. So the elephant that couldn't stop having a great time was killed. <laughs> <laughs> so look, there are there are more favourite moments of mine, but I could go on for a while. We'll talk about them throughout the episode. Dan, what are some of your favourites? I love the cackle from the caterpillar at the execution. <laughs> <laughs> Just bringing the caterpillar because the caterpillar was barely in the episode. I thought it was a mm. it's, the episode. The episode's remembered for it. I just thought it being a remembered it being a big part. He's only in it for a, the first couple of minutes or so, but then just the, the to bring it back at the end with the big cackle. I thought it was great. I also loved Wiggum's. Did you do it? Did you do it? <laughs> Does technique. it ever work? <laughs> <laughs> Does it ever work? No, it doesn't. <laughs> but also Mo, Mo being scared. Ah, well, you didn't say you'd kill me. Fine, thank you. Oh, 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 here you go, mister. <laughs> I also love the... Now, I may just have a dirty mind, mm-hmm. but... Yes. Agnes. Agnes says, who do I got <laughs> to gum? Who do I got to gum to get a refill around here? She's so dirty. <laughs> I was like, oh, my. <laughs> I had, I never, ever remember that joke at all. I thought that was just... That's pretty raunchy. felt like an A and old person to say it. Mm. Just to come out and say who are going to gum to get a refill around here. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. I'd, I'd like a whole episode about this. Are they playing Scrabble? Looks like they're playing Scrabble. I I don't think it, it looked like Scrabble. I don't think it was because there was something different about it. But I just love that she she would fall there. <laughs> you may have just blown another one of my trivia questions. <laughs> but I, I don't remember her name. That's the question. <laughs> we'll get to that when we get to that. All righty. Well, on that note then, let's get her some trivia. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. Okay, Mr. David, since you have no questions left, shall I kick off? You kick <laughs> off. <laughs> All right. So, how many no's did Mo get when he tried speed dating? Was it 400? Correct, 400, yes. <laughs> uh, how many hours of community service did Homer have to perform? I'm going to say 200. You are correct. 200. It doesn't sound like it sounds like a lot, but it's not that much. It's like what three weeks? Oh, if you're doing community service all day, yeah. But Homer doesn't work anymore. It's <laughs> we've established this because Mr. Burns are taking Mr. Burns taking over for Homer was also another great moment in this. That was a pretty funny bit, actually. Yes. <laughs> My next question is: How old is Mrs. Bellamy? 
age between what? Because they describe her as something. Oh, damn it! I, I no, I I blanked out for that for that uh, particular bit. Please tell me, Dando. They, well, Brockman calls her an octogenarian. You know what an oh, octogenarian is? That means she's eighty or in her eighties. Between eighty and eighty-nine, correct? Yes. Oh, okay is. then. Ah, well played, Dando. Okay then. Where did Gertie fall over? The thrift store. Is it thrift store? Outside the thrift store. Outside the thrift <laughs> store, yes. She would fall there. <laughs> that was so, so catty and bitchy. I love oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What other question have I got here? Uh, so what names do they give Homer and Marge after they are accused of murder? They get like rap names. Rap oh, names. yeah. H. Diddy and his murder hoe. while we're on that what are the new names for Bart and Lisa when they're adopted by Cletus and Co oh is it Darius is that one Mm. does it start with D it does I know it's something it's something junior now you got me what is it it is Dingus Squatford Junior and Pamela E. Lee oh yeah I was completely wrong yeah and and, and in a twist (laughs) In a twist, Lisa is Dingus. Yeah, so Lisa is the junior, yes. (laughs) My final question is, what are the two new shows coming up? They announced two reality shows. Oh. Maybe they say, as seen, or I'm from this show or something. But at the end, they mentioned two two reality shows. And at this stage, I was busy coming up with my other real, my real real TV collection. Have I written it down? No, I have not. I'm sorry. Please tell me. It was No Pants Island and Fart Date. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fart Date sounds like a premise I would totally watch. Like people going on actual dates and having like a fake fart thing under the table. That would be hilarious television. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there actually is a No Pants Island. There's Dating Naked. Which yeah, is- Nude Island or whatever it is. Yeah, Naked yeah, Island, yeah. yeah. My last question to you. What is Mrs. Bellamy's full name? Ah, Gertrude. <laughs> Myrna. Myrna. Okay. Yes. Myrna. I just went with the oldest, the oldest sounding name that I knew. That I knew. <laughs> Gertrude. All right, guys, that is trivia for the Friday game. We'll be right back after this quick break with our in-depth review. Yes, before we get into today's review, we need to first thank our patrons. This month, we have got a new $100 patron, Mr. Jonathan Rossi, all the way from the States. Thank you so much, sir. And he has requested we review Shaun of the Dead, so stay tuned for that. Also, shout-outs to our other $20 patrons, Dylan Haggett, Kane Von Nagy, Jordan Molman Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Noah Daniel, Christopher Darby, Keith Nedham, Adam Sanderson, Bella Winderbank, Ben Smith, Daniel Kotnick, David Stewart, George McMenemy, Katie G, Mark Boston Burgess, Matt Thompson, Nick Patterson, Sean Devey, Shannon Hofer, Stephen Roberts, the iconic June fucking Richards, Tom Pickering, Zach Pruitt, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jenna Rice, and Joel Yoland. Absolute champions. Also, shout outs to our new $5 plus patrons for the week Mr. Mark Nelson, Lauren McLean, Daniel Merson, John Fowles, Sarif, Marshall, and Alison Hickson. Thank you so much, guys, for your support. Don't forget, if you want to support the show and get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts in return, you can join the Four Finger Discount Patreon team at patreon.com slash discount, where you'll get access into all of our Four Finger Discount classic reviews, early access to this show and all the other shows that we do here on Four Finger Discount, the Four Finger Discount Facebook group, and much, much more. But enough about that. It's now time to sit back and enjoy our review of The Frying Game. 
The original air date for the Frying Game was May 19th, 2002. It was written by John Swartzwelder, directed by Michael Polcino, or Polcino, however it's pronounced, not too sure. Apologies, sir. There was no chalk gag, and the couch gag was The Simpsons, the silent movie characters. Doing the yes, indeed. Dance. Hitler. He pl- it was Hitler. What? Oh, no. It was Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, I, I was like, um, <laughs> I don't think it's just... <laughs> but, yeah, I, dude, I've never watched a Charlie Chaplin film ever. I've watched Chaplin, but not a Chaplin film. Yeah. I wonder how easy they are to track down. They'll be, all be on YouTube, mate. Everything's on YouTube. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I think it's been a very long time since I ever watched like a full-on Charlie Chaplin movie. I might have to revisit. So the episode kicks off with Carl and Lenny at Moe's and having a, like a debate, aren't they, about <laughs> random shit versus this. A like nonsensical su- su- conversation. Su- su- Superman versus a... Uh, uh, a grill, just random shit. <laughs> yeah, what was it? It was Muhammad Ali versus like radial tires or or something. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I like that. Just a <laughs> that's the kind of useless conversation you have at a bar when you're having a few drinks. Just useless shit. It is. Yeah, but, but I just love my ah. I cannot listen to this again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly such stupid combos have been going on time immemorial. Mm. <laughs> ah. I can't take it anymore. Homer walks in. He says he's got Marge the best anniversary present ever, a koi pond. They explain what that is. So then gives um gives more marriage tips. <laughs> I like to put a mini beret on your wang. <laughs> the minute he said that, I was like, oh, I remember that uh, that line from that. <laughs> which always struck me as very, very funny. <laughs> it reminds me of it when I used to work in Coles in the deli. We used to have this crazy conspiracy theorist guy that just, he was a whack job. Hmm. But he used to come in and... He would only let the female workers serve him in the deli. He would not. I would yell at his number, and he would constantly pr- pretend that he couldn't hear me. And then a girl would yell at the next number. Go, oh no, I had this one. And it's like you fucking heard me, mate. I yelled at that number right in front of you. But he'd always pretend. But he would always oh. say he'd, he'd like make sexual advances towards the girls, and he always go, "Yeah, I buy calamari rings. So I, I put it around my penis and let people eat it off." Yeah, he used to always use that line. Can you, can you blackball someone from a supermarket? So he ends up getting blackballed, but he used to come really late at night when the he used to, he used to, yeah. he used to, he'd come late at night. But he'd see him, he'd walk in, see that I was closing, and then leave again, and then come back another night to see whether make sure there was a girl serving. Yeah, it was weird. I, I, I say with all due sensitivity to someone who clearly has mental problems, what a fucking creep! By all means, do that. Just don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I've got here too is so apparently Carl and Lenny are both married. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was news to me. I knew that Lenny was married or at least in a relationship because I've seen him shaving her legs before. Okay, I don't recall. I don't recall Carl ever being married, but it could just maybe just escapes me. But Marge is uh she's peeking, so Homer puts her her eye back down. I'm like, that's <laughs> the only kind of thing you can only do that with animation, but I liked it. Yeah. Then uh, Marge pretends that she's happy with it. I love the how much money did he piss away on this. <laughs> I really like the look of that koi pond. I was going, yay, Homer. That's a, yeah. Yeah, that's the cool. lovely Louise has got a birthday coming up. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to get? I know what I'm going to get. But at the same time, I think this is the third birthday that I'm buying for. And I'm like, oh, I don't want it to be that. <laughs> I don't want it to be a, okay, we've reached the gift card stage. <laughs> a, a box of favorites and a gift card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what to say? And, and, and more. And more. <laughs> <laughs> a little Seinfeld gay there for people who like Seinfeld. I'll understand it. Yeah, very nice koi pond. And yes, be 
Marge's reaction. Ah, this is beautiful. How much money did he piss away on this? That was really <laughs> funny. I can just imagine Nicola thinking that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa and Marge are then sort of meditating by it, just relaxing. They overhear this screaming caterpillar. What's the actual name for it? It's just a screamer pillar, isn't it? Yeah, screamer pillar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homer's, you know, it sounds like he's in pain, so Dr. Foote's about to squash him, but then the man from the EPA arrives. And- <laughs> I love that he's just so camp- so beautifully camouflaged behind the the tree that he just yeah. sort of pops it. <laughs> but he says to Lisa, finish the job. <laughs> But now, as according to the to the, the law, they must now look after it. Uh, how great was this? It requires constant reassurance and is sexually attracted to fire. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite lines from this: "Are you sure God doesn't want it to be dead?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great line. Oh, yeah. Oh man, just imagine being sexually attracted to fire. It'd be the worst. Oh, or the best. So they wake up in the middle of the night, just very much like a baby. Mm. You know, she has to make it co- cough it up, it vomits on her shoulder, and Homer's reading the book or whatever. Then he accidentally squashes it, and we get the little devil angel moment that you were mentioning <laughs> before, which is, um, yeah, very funny stuff. It, they don't do it all that often anymore yeah. on The Simpsons, but I always like it when they do. It's, it's, it, I, you don't really see it at all. It used to be all the craze, didn't it? You have the oh, angel on one side and the yeah. devil on the other. They, it used to be in commercials and movies. They very, they very rarely used anymore, but it, it's always effective. I think we are living in a more secular, non-religious society, Dando, and the That's angel true. and the yeah. devil don't have as much impact as they used to, which is a shame because it's it's comedy gold. Yeah, it's a good point. So <laughs> Homer says uh, there's, there's no going back now, so he tries burying it. Stop what you're doing! Why don't I hear any screaming? Uh, he's sleeping. Then why don't I hear any sleep screams? Well, uh, the thing about that is, uh... <gasps> Woohoo! He's alive! <laughs> no, you can't punish me. So Dan actually voiced the Caterpillar. So apparently they voiced... He did all the recording for it at the end because it used to just destroy his voice. But just the, the different different types of screaming, like the... Uh, like, like it's, it's clearly, clearly distressed. <laughs> oh, so funny. But Homer says, you know, it's still alive, so now you can't punish me. Cut to the courtroom. Little neck brace on. How great is a little neck brace on the caterpillar? Sitting oh, behind the stand. I missed that part. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, you just sit A neck brace is just the best way in a courtroom to just sort of signify, I'm, I'm injured. <laughs> yeah. But also that I'm shonky. Yes. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are millions of people the world over who have got legitimate neck problems who are wearing that neck brace when they've been injured or whatever. But to me, it always singles like, oh, whiplash. Yeah. Oh, I'm suing you for everything. <laughs> for some reason, every time I see a person wearing a neck brace in a courtroom, I instantly think of this Brady Bunch episode, right? Oh. Where Carol, like, <laughs> rear-ended this guy in the car and he was fine, but then he rocks up to the court Ooh. case with a neck brace on and he pretends that he can't move his neck. And I think like the family solved, like, how can we solve this? Because Mom's going to get in a lot of trouble and he says he's hurt his neck. Mm-hmm. And like, one of them like gets their shoes or something, like bangs the shoes on the other side of the courtroom and he turns his head and looks. They're like, see, his neck works. <laughs> and then everyone's happy. <laughs> Very Brady I'm Bunch-esque. Sorry, I, did, I just heard you saying Carol re-rendered a guy in a car and I'm like, oh my. <laughs> oh, the Brady Bunch. Anyway. <laughs> so he's been charged with attempted insecticide and aggravated buggery and he's charged with 200 hours of community service. Then Duffman comes in with his lawsuit. Fox can always look at this themselves, or Disney in particular. The, whatever happened to fair use? 
<laughs> what I've written down here, quote, whatever happened to fair use? That's Dando. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So for those of you wondering why the Facebook page has been a bit quiet lately and stuff, so basically what happened is Disney just decided to choose our page out of all the pages in the fucking world and they went through and reported every single video that I've ever uploaded on the Facebook page starting back in 2015. So I logged on to Facebook last week, might even been the weekend before, and said, you have been banned from using Facebook for three days, you can't like, do anything, and you also have 255 copyright uh, infringement notices. Now, for I had to go through each one, right? So 255 times I'm on Facebook, and there was this pop-up saying, you must go through the steps saying, acknowledge this, acknowledge that, blah, blah, blah. 255 times I had to do that before I could even look at my Facebook feed again. So it took me three and a half hours of clicking Please. on these pop-ups. Right. So Disney reported every video, even ones that weren't Simpsons related. There was a video of Elliot playing with Simpsons Tarzos on the floor. They reported that as copyright infringement and Facebook took it down. So oh. like, Back in Pogform. They literally reported yeah. every video. Disney Enterprises Incorporated reported every video on the Facebook page. So now uh, our page has limited reach. Facebook won't let people... We can't... I, I've now been removed as a admin. So now, thankfully, Guy was an editor on the page. So Guy can still post. I'm, I'm constantly messaging Guy things to post up on the page. So everything you see posted now is thanks to Guy. <laughs> but I can't... I have no control over any of my Facebook pages anymore because Disney went through and fucking reported all of our uh, videos. Yet there's plenty of other Facebook pages out there. No issue at all. It's like, what the hell? Uh, anyway. Big Brother is watching us, man. Yeah, so that's, that's what happened, everybody. We, are, we, got, we got screwed over by the big man, by the, by, the, by the big mouse. By the mouse? Yep. You better do what I say. Sorry, that, that, was, that was me doing Mickey Mouse, by the way. Getting back to using copyrighted material, here's a clip from The Simpsons. <laughs> Lousy community service. Meals on wheels. Eat it up or I go to jail. Didn't these meals used to have a cobbler? Uh, they discontinued the cobbler. You smell like cobbler. Now let's not get into who smells like what. So Homer is now delivering Meals on Wheels. I remember my mum did this for a while, Meals on Wheels, and on the school holidays I'd go drive around with her and deliver the meals to the old people. They were so thankful. It was great. Good honour. Yeah, no, uh, wheels on, Meals on Wheels is a very, very good cause and one that I wholeheartedly support and that I would never do myself. <laughs> but Homer has stolen the cobbler from the old Jewish guy. Now let's not get into who smells like what. <laughs> they then, he then arrives at what appears to be a haunted house. And he goes in, and just the the creepy old voice. So, oh, by the way, she, Mrs. Bellamy, she was voiced by an elder actress, Frances Sternhagen. I don't Frances know who Sternhagen. That is. She's, I don't know who that is. Sorry, she's a bit of a veteran. I remember best from two movies that I really like. One is an old Sean Connery movie called Outland, which was basically High Moon, High Noon in space. Pretty neat, pretty mm. neat action movie. Another is the Michael J. Fox movie Doc Hollywood. Have you ever seen that one, Dando? I have not. No. It's, it's a terrific little movie. Michael J. Fox is this medical student who's just graduated. He's driving across country on his way to Los Angeles, where he's going to set up as like a plastic surgeon, make a shit ton of money. His car crashes in this small town. He doesn't have the money to pay for repairs to his car or damage that he did to someone's fence. So the judge, crusty old judge, says, I sentence you to 
200 hours community service as our resident physician. What? And, you know, Michael J. Fox, who just wants to get out of this small town, ends up falling for this small town, specifically the hot single mum who skinny dips in the, in the lake. It's really good. It's a, it's a really sweet, really funny movie. Very, very enjoyable. And Francis Sternhagen is a um, crusty old broad who lives there. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's a good movie. And Francis Sternhagen is a uh, very good actress who sort of specialised in playing tough, crusty old broads. Do you realise you just explained the plot of Cars from Pixar? Oh, yeah. Oh, when Cars came out, everyone's like, well, this is just Doc Hollywood. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Except not not many people remember Doc Hollywood as, as um, fondly and as specifically as I do, I'm guessing. It's like when The Lion King comes out, everyone's like, this is just Kimber, the white lion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> literally, literally shot for shot in some ways. It's funny, I was... I was talking with my nephew Rory yesterday. He's working on this mm-hmm. short film and he sort of sent me a... He said, look, I've got this idea, this, this and this. And we've already talked about it before and said, well, how about we do... How about it starts this way and ends this way? He goes, oh, man, that's radical. I said, yeah, it's basically the plot of six other movies. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but there's only seven stories in the world. It's how you do it. It's how you tell it that counts. But... Uh, Yes. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, Doc Hollywood starring the aforementioned Francis Sternhagen is very much Cars. <laughs> I, lo- I love that they even call the main like old grumpy guy in Cars Doc Hudson. <laughs> 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 oh man, they haven't even tried to hide it. Anyway, yeah, sounds like, well. I enjoyed Cars. So sounds like I would enjoy Doc Hollywood as well. I think you would. I think I. I think you should check it out. Yeah, so he's delivering uh, the the food to uh, to Mrs. Bellamy, and she's standing there with the axe. I can't let you leave now. Runs into the closet, finds his girlfriend. This was great. I really enjoyed this. This should have been my favorite moments. Match goes out. Lights it again. Oh, thank God I'm out of matches. Oh, no, I found another one. <laughs> Just no no impulse control. I love Homer. But it's great. Homer says, uh, you know, I could, I could bring you more victims. Lenny. He'd be good with wild rice. rice. <laughs> she then says, no, 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 no. I use the axe to, to chop up my, my um, Meals on Wheels food. So he asked Homer to join her. They're just having a great time. I, I, thought, I thought Homer was actually great in this episode. He took on the role as father for the caterpillar. He was nice to Mrs. Bellamy, doing all the jobs mm-hmm. for her. He then risked his life for Marge. What more could you ask for? There's a lot of good Homer in here. <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, when he's sitting down at the table uh, with Mrs. Bellamy, of course he would tell the story about the Super Bowl that just bounced all over the place and broke shit. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's that's vintage Homer telling a story like that. I didn't know where they were going, though, with Mrs. Bellamy. I was getting, like, pedophile vibes when she was like, oh, open up this butter pickles, and it rips off his shirt, and, she, and then he's like, ooh, I could ride my bike really fast, too. And I'm like... It's like this is how a conversation between a child who has no idea what's about to happen and a pedophile talking to him would like she's talking, calling him like her little Hercules and stuff. Like I can, I keep thinking of that fucking episode of Different Strokes you showed me. <laughs> I'm like, this is literally Different Strokes. Like, <laughs> I, was a, I was about to say when you first said the P word, I'm like, you realise Homer Simpson is a grown man. Yes. But I'm like this. this that's not. That's not how pedophilia works. No, but the, but the fact that he's talking like a child, I could ride my bike really fast too. I was like, I know. This is like yeah, different yeah. strokes. <laughs> but uh, hey, yeah, that rabbit's got no pants. I, I know who I'm going to call next. <laughs> so who I'm going to call next time? I need a muscular He-Man. Homer gets confused and realizes she's mm. talking about him. So then she starts taking advantage of him. 
She calls Homer at work to mow the lawn, gets Mr. Burns to cover for him. That was really good. That was neat. Yes. <laughs> then Marge, she's just she's had enough because he's constantly calling. It's kind of like when uh, Mr. Burns has Homer as his assistant and he's just yes. wearing, him, wearing him thin. So she goes to talk to Mrs. Bellamy as well and then she also gets sucked into doing some stuff for her, like double stitching the clothes and the socks. Mm. Darn, I say darn her. <laughs> That was very Marge. <laughs> darn her socks. I said, darn her. <laughs> but we also had the aforementioned, uh, they put spells on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they cut to Marge and Homer now wearing the maid and butler outfits. And one of the reviews I read completely tore this moment to shreds saying, it makes absolutely no sense. Why would they be doing this? You know, they have things, they have other priorities in life. Why are they, why, why, how can they possibly get sucked into this? It's just to further the story. And I'm like, yeah, and so? <laughs> yes. Sometimes stories need further. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring back that that's how that works, but that's how stories work. The only thing about Mrs. Bellamy here is that, so it's been Carmen Electra the entire time, even when they're not there, because she's apparently friends of these old people. That's a mm, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, if if we're going by some of the um, reality shows that I mentioned earlier, they go to some fairly elaborate ruses. So it would have been good to have Agnes outraged at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Mrs. Bellamy, she's she's playing the games with um with Agnes. The what what do we call the monocle? Just monocle lady, Mrs. Monocle, yeah, yeah, and somebody else. Oh, Mrs. Click is the other one. Mrs. Click, yeah, candy bone head, ninety dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but she also is the one who Bart goes to do work for in the earlier seasons, and she's watching her soaps. And here you go, yes, generally arousing. <laughs> Oh, Mrs. Click, amazing. But yeah, so I, I just thought this old people being dirty and just having a gossipy session, always great for comedy. So funny. Did you hear that Gertie had a terrible fall outside the thrift store? <laughs> she would fall there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who do I have to gum to get a refill? <laughs> <laughs> Freshen your drinks, ladies. Laxative? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Mother, may I read a magazine while I wait in the car? Don't you read enough at school, bookworm? <laughs> God, Agnes. Just the worst. <laughs> Poor Skinner. Marge has had enough once again. And did you notice that Homer was holding a thing that said, Doilies Soiled? That's right. They hear a scream from another room. They find uh, Mrs. Bellamy laying, lying on the floor, dying. They say it was the man who took a man took a diamond necklace. They see him. He's got the braces. Is, it was the man with the braces. And they, they say, no, you're going to be okay. Scissors in the back. Drop her. She dies. <laughs> I always hate that in movies whenever someone's got like a knife in them and you see the hero holding them, whatever, and sort of lowering them down or dropping them down. It's like, they've got a knife in their back. You've got to put it in yeah. further. <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to be... Lay them on their side, you idiot. Yeah. Yes. Be a bit gentle. Uh, one thing I really liked about this, <laughs> this is one of my favourite bits, was Homer just... Buh, guh, muh, wuh, zuh. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to come up with more frightened, confused sounds. <laughs> now, I read on the wiki... Uh, uh, <laughs> I read on the wiki page that's apparently a reference to some sort of Simpsons group online or something. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, neither. It was, uh, uh, the the snuff, 
Cascade, an, an homage to a group of Simpsons fans on Usenet. Hmm. Let's have a look. Simp- let's type Simpsons Usenet. Simpsons <laughs> Sna Usenet and see what this is all about. What was it talking about? Alt.tv.simpsons.sna. Let's try that. Alt.tv.simpsons. That is a step back in time. Alt.whatever. Yeah, here we go. I've clicked on it. Google Groups. Um, no, there's nothing there. I'm not sure how Alt.tv works. <laughs> Did your computer just make it sound like. Um, yeah, so apparently, I guess it was an old Simpsons forum or something. I don't know, mm. but it was a reference to that. Oh, good on them. Shout out to the fans. I'm sure they watched that and went, oh my God, he's talking about us. But it was, it was funny, <laughs> just different different <laughs> words that rhymed with, rhymed with snuff. <laughs> I'm just picturing data. About, That's a reference to snuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Then Wiggum starts questioning them. Oh, I really love this as well. <laughs> Did you do it? Well, I'd like to thank you both for cooperating with... Did you do it? Chief Wiggum, Homer and I are innocent. I'm sorry, much. I, I can't believe I tried to trick you with such an underhand... Did you do it? No! No, if you'll excuse us, we'll just be... Does that ever work? No, no, it never does. Fuck em, Lou. Yeah, sure, go ahead. I'll be back on the streets by dinner time. You'll see. Brockman has his new support here. We mentioned the elephant that couldn't stop laughing. And discusses Mrs. Bellamy now. Homer and Marge now the top suspects. And Marge's like, wow, what was the man with the braces? The man with the braces. Just- Lenny and Carl can't believe it either. You know, I never would have thought Homer had it in him. And Mo, uh, Mo says, you know, we all have these these thoughts. We, we, we drown it out. What does he sing? The- oh, not Camden Races. Oh, Working, on that's, that's- Working on the railroad. Working on the railroad? Yeah, railroad. Sorry, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but Homer walks in and everyone's just scared of him. I'd kill for a beer. Mo, Mo, Mo here is just fantastic. <laughs> Gives him a free beer. Um, he takes Lenny's pickles. Homer realizes he can use this now to his advantage. Um, he can get things. So he's at church now. Keeps interfering with the sermon. <laughs> Doing the. I love that gesture. One of my all-time favorite gestures is the cutoff. Yeah. But uh, but Lovejoy races out. I always love when you hear them driving away or flying away in the distance. <laughs> so Lovejoy's just bailed. Otto's now doing his tour. That's Otto doing it. The tour of HGD and, Mur- and his murder hoe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marge comes out with a knife. Looks like it's covered in blood, but it's not. And Homer gets off the bus. Oh, it comes right <laughs> by our house. <laughs> yeah. the, the thing is, though, where's his car? I don't know. I don't know. But maybe, mean, maybe he just can't be bothered driving. Doesn't be stuck in traffic. Swartzwater is just full of great little bits like that. I think yeah. he specialises in little bits like that. You know, you, I, I wouldn't have expected Homer to get off that bus. It makes perfect sense for Homer. It's like, it's so convenient. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, when you're reviewing the episode, you start questioning the logic of things. If you're just watching it for enjoyment, you don't. So this, yeah. and, this and that's exactly what this episode does. Don't just watch this episode and enjoy it. You know, and yeah. I, I thought that moment was very, very funny. Caught me off guard because you just do not expect it, do you? But it makes perfect no. sense, like you said. No, it's enough of a gag that Marge comes out. She's been chopping up a tomato or something. And yeah, the knife looks bloody. And she's like, ah, get away from my head. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, you think that would be funny enough. And it is. And then, yeah, just, as I say, the little button on the end, the little Homer getting off the bus. That's <laughs> great. The police are then going through their bedroom. They go through Marge's delicates, her silkies, her dointies, and her unmentionables. What would Marge's unmentionables be? Oh, my. All, all the euphemism for underwear. I, I love how repressed our American friends were throughout the 20th century and into the 21st century. That 
you can't refer to your jocks as in it. I'm pretty sure that there were probably segments in the department store that referred to delicates for her or something along those lines, rather than just say me undies. <laughs> the jocks. <laughs> yeah, jocks. I mean, and because then you get to home and say, here's my underwear drawer. Uh, where's that robot? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they find Mrs. Bellamy's necklace in Maggie's room. They instantly arrest them. Homer tries bribing Wiggum. Homer, what are we going to do? You know, Chief, if you let us go, there's a diamond necklace in it for you. I hope you're not suggesting that I would take that necklace as a bribe. Think again, dirtbag, because I can just swipe it later from the evidence locker. Yeah, your wife's going to look pretty good in that, Chief. Yeah, she's a super lady. Would you do that as a police officer? Would you raid the evidence locker if it's like uh, like it's it's evidence that it's no longer needed and unclaimed? Mm. I think I'd be too much of a chicken to go for like the big score. Yeah. Of like, <laughs> wow, there's 50 grand in unmarked bills and I could just take... Nah, nah, but I'd probably swipe like a bit off it. <laughs> like, a, a, a Blu-ray copy of Doc Hollywood. Oh, very much so, yes. <laughs> like... <laughs> I wouldn't take the big package of cocaine, but I take like a dime bag of weed or something. Like <laughs> little little something for the weekend. <laughs> this is why this is why I was never and should never become a cop. <laughs> Every week it's like you have a different thing. This is why I should never become a parent. This is why I should never become a cop. This is why I should never become a baker. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and now at the prison cell, and Homer says you'll become the snitch, and the kids are now going to live with the Cletus family. I thought that was going to go somewhere, but it didn't. Mm. That's, a B, that's a B plot waiting to happen, but I guess we just didn't have enough time. We're now at the court case, and I'm not sure has Gil been their lawyer before, or is this the first time? I, I, I think, think he has he actually. Has once. Yeah. He has once, and I remember thinking, oh, it's a shame that we don't have Lionel Hutz anymore, but Gil. It was not a bad replacement. By the way, also a neat throwaway visual gag just before the court uh, case begins. That newspaper headline calling Homer Ho J Simpson. That's right. Very good. <laughs> whenever I see whenever I see word plays in the newspapers now, I just immediately think of you while watching it. I'm like, <laughs> guys gonna like this. But yeah, Gil's the lawyer. The only difference between Gil as the lawyer and Lionel Hutz was that Lionel Hutz still gave off the impression like he tried to think he knew what he was talking about and he was confident. Yeah. Gil's just incompetent. But I love that. This yeah. is a really great exchange. It was one of my favourites where Gil's asked, um, do you have any questions? Not at this time, Your Honour. This is the only time. <laughs> well, then, no. <laughs> you know, and then again, I've got lots of favourite bits with Homer. This flag. <laughs> but any time it's... Play the race card. Play it. That's, that's it. Yes. <laughs> oh, so funny. All, all these different things. What, what can we do? <laughs> yes. Surprise witnesses. Play the race card. Play it. <laughs> Evidence tapering. <laughs> but <laughs> play it. <laughs> but uh, the jury played a trick on Judge Snyder. I love the reaction. Oh, oh you're going to be the... <laughs> That was great. All this stuff. I was yeah. watching this, one of my favourite movies the other night. It's a movie from, I think, 1980. I probably mentioned the past called Used Cars. Yes. by yeah, Robert Zemeckis, yeah. who did Forrest Gump and Back to the Future and all that, starring a very young Kurt Russell as this shonky used car salesman. 
And I was thinking about a lot of comedies in the 70s and early 80s always ended up with a court case because he always had these anti-heroes or shonky guys trying to buck the system. And it usually ended up in court with some crusty old judge who usually would prefer to be playing golf or something. Well, the the old the judge from uh, Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah. There'd always be some sort of revelation or whatever, and our heroes would get away scot-free. So I was like, oh, I miss court case sort of finales like that and wacky court scenarios. So, yeah, I, I just really liked the, the jury form and like, ah, yes, oh, was that what we were meant to do? <laughs> you know, I, I was also wondering, is that Dr. Nick Riviera? I don't know if it was meant to be, but... Uh, it was yeah, a bit of satellite, it's... yeah. We need something funny for this. Hank, can, just, can you do a variation on Dr. Nick? Yep. That is, it is Hank doing that. It's Hank, Nick, uh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that what we are Oh, that's right! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just they just keep coming, just these little bits and pieces. They're not, yeah. I think I might have to get a little flag that says Schwartzwelder because <laughs> he's because he's my guy in terms of just like this little space in here for something. It doesn't have to be like a world conquering gag, but let's throw a little something in there, a little bit of flavour. Let's sprinkle a little salt on it, and they do. So I, I just enjoyed it so much. You know what's great too was just having Snyder back. And not having judge yes, constant harm. Yeah. It was just, it brings so much fun back to the court cases. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because judge constant harm, she kind of feels like someone from the real world coming in and saying, this is all ridiculous. No, this is how it would really go. Snyder yeah. is a Springfieldian who goes along with it all. Judge Constance harm is kind of a riff on Judge Judy. And you mm. can't really take the piss out of Judge Judy because she's already kind of a, not a stereotype and not an archetype, but sort of like, la- she's kind of larger than life already. So yeah. yeah, so you're not really taking the piss out of something that's already not a piss take, but impervious to having the piss taken She's, out of it. She hams it up. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Bang yes. on. Yeah, but she has she has dialed it down though in her, in her later years. Older, she's just like, just give me my forty seven million dollars a year, and I'll just sit here and talk shit. Why would you keep being Judge Judy when you've got forty seven million in the bank? Buy an island and go sit on a beach earning twenty percent. I think she said in an interview she's just making as much money as she can doing something she enjoys so that she can leave it behind for her family. They're going to need more than 47 mil? Actually, yeah. That's the thing. You hear about it when people start making not obscene amounts of money, but really large amounts of money like that. They mm-hmm. tend to be like, I'm going to need more. Well, that's why when you, when you, when you win in gambling, it's like you can't just stop. You go, you go oh, well, if I won this time, I'm going to win yeah. some more money. It's what they call the hot hand fallacy. Yes, yeah. Okay. If you were, yeah. But honestly, if you gave me seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, you would never hear from me again. <laughs> I would buy off my, I would pay off my house, I would renovate it a bit, I would, you know, do a few bits and pieces there. I'd pay off all my debts, and then it'd be just like, fuck all you guys. <laughs> I don't mean this. I don't mean this. I'm not. I'm not talking to the four finger discount family here. I'm talking about people in general. I'm just yeah. like, someone go, hey, guy, we've got a, a neat sub-editing gig for you. Six months, good hourly rate. Nup. <laughs> Nup. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Find some other sucker. I got mine. <laughs> Kiss my bungus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably lowballed myself with the 750K there, but I was trying to keep it reasonable. But I think yes, if you... Yeah. But if you get to... Yeah, I think if you get to double figures in the millions, if you get above 10 mil... Then you're kind of like, uh, you're set forever. <laughs> no, well, I think you're set forever, but I think I think people who make that kind of go, well, if I be this much, I could probably make more, like yeah. like a lot more, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you keep going. 
So anyway, the <laughs> the coded message to the four finger discount patrons there is give us more money. Oh, no. <laughs> Give us seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. You never have to hear from guy again. Yeah, yeah. You'll get Mitch back. Yeah. <laughs> How good too. So the Catholic priest walks out. Lovejoy, nice dress. Oh, I often wonder if there's a rivalry between various branches of the church or various faiths. They'd have to be, even if they don't say it. Yeah, <laughs> little flags ain't Catholic. They have like a cross on it. <laughs> Homer's then overeating. He's, he's planning for the, he's planning something special for the execution. Kablamo! <laughs> well, apparently, when you when you die, your your bodily functions just kind of yeah, yeah, just all like loose, yeah, yeah. So a homer with a, a gutful of junk, oh my god, yeah, it'd be nightmarish. Just gutful of KFC tenders. It, it's, yeah, it's like <laughs> that's your argument against capital punishment, right there. Marge, um, she you know, she can't get in the mood because all the eyes are, are like. Uh, looking at her, Homer compares them to twinkling stars. But Marsh is just, this is where, and in the review that, that I read, the two or three reviews, they all said, oh, and Swatswater goes for an emotional moment here, which was totally undeserved. And I'm like, I still fucking like, it hit me though, which is like, when she got sad, she says, she's not going to see the kids grow up. She's not going to get mm-hmm. to see her grandchildren. I'm like, say what you will about this episode and the story, but that's going to be sad regardless of what fucking episode this appears in. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's unearned at all. If you've been watching The Simpsons for 13 seasons at this point, Marge loves her kids. That Homer actually loves his kids as well. And, yeah, for her to articulate it like that, it would suck if you're ripped away from them at at this young age. And, you know, I imagine as a parent, Dando will probably speak to this, like when you have a kid, you're already thinking about someday this kid's probably going to have kids and that's going to be lovely and I'll be the grandparent to them. You start writing a story in your head and yeah to have that story sort of like no that's not happening it's like yeah this would suck (laughs) and then homer notices this he decides to take the fall which is i just thought was a really great homer moment (laughs) i think it's lovely yep apparently this isn't how it works it wouldn't actually work like this but i don't give a shit it was nice (laughs) marge is then set free this was like another swat swat moment now you do it for me me (laughs) I was yeah. like, I felt so sorry for him because he kind of like he, he knew it wouldn't work, but he's like, maybe, just maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what it, what it also does is that it shows that he really doesn't want to have to do this, but he's doing it for Marge. Yeah. He does. He doesn't want to die, but he's doing it for the sake of her. You know. I just I just thought it was beautiful. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Homer's then walking the Green Mile, and apparently they wanted Michael Clark Duncan to voice this. He was on set. Uh, he was on in the Fox Studios at the time, and he declined them, which I thought oh. was oh, didn't thought he might have done it, but he didn't. He didn't want to do it. I'm not sure who actually voiced him in the end, but uh, yeah, just to play on John Coffey from the Green Mile. We even got the music from the movie as well. Um, yeah, I love. I love the Green Mile. I think it's I think it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it it kind of gets a bit sidelined because you know, it's by the same guy who did Shawshank Redemption. Everyone loves Shawshank. Honestly, Green, I, I don't know if Green Mile is just as good, but it's really good. It's a fantastic movie and a really good book as well by Stephen King. I, 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 I'm a huge fan of the Green Mile. Yeah, I just, I just remember the execution scene. It's just haunted me for oh. a long time. Oh, yeah. And and, to, and a really, really great performance by Michael Clark Duncan as well. That's the kind of that's the kind of showbiz story that I really dig. Because Michael Clark Duncan had been around for a while before that, but he's mm. usually playing... Heavies, or he was, he was Bear in Armageddon and all that kind of stuff. Was he in Friday? 
Uh, no, that I think that was Tiny Lister who played Zeus. Okay. And who, he also left us recently as well, Tony. He's, he's the guy from The Dark Knight who's on the ferry who says, yes, give me that yeah, remote yeah. control and I'll do what you should have done 10 minutes ago. Again, a, another great example of these very big imposing guys will normally cast as heavies. No, no, no. I'm looking at your Wikipedia. He was in Friday. He was craps. He was a was he in Friday in that as, as well? Okay, then. I remember Tony Lister from, from Friday as Zeus as the big yeah, heavy in that. But yeah. oh, my apologies to the late Michael Clark Duncan. But when, he, when someone like that gets the opportunity to show just what they're capable of, directed with sensitivity and style and all that kind of stuff. It, it's really, really great. And I was so, I've never, I never met Michael Clark Duncan, but when he got such accolades for his performance and when he actually got nominated for an Oscar, I'm like, good for you, man. That's, that's, that's fucking fantastic. And also a really, really good performance. So yeah, what, a, what, a, what an acting performance that was, but he turned down the Simpsons. He didn't want to do it, but we got him killing up. What was it? Mr. Jingles. Is that the mouse? Mr. Jingles, yeah. Luckily, we didn't see him actually killing Mr. Jingles. <laughs> so Homer is now on the chair. They're wet in the sponge. <laughs> I liked seeing Wiggum cry. It, it added to it. I'm not 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 that I like seeing him cry, but I thought it just added to the it's, play, it's hamming up the the Green Mile parody as well because they all were sad when Michael Clark Duncan's character John Coffey was being executed. I'll tell you what I liked in this bit: the Yes Man. <laughs> yes. Just before that, though. So but anyway, I've got here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Patty and Summer were holding hands in excitement, right? And I get it. But I thought that was a bit much for him being executed. I thought, oh, you, I don't know, just, it just seemed a bit too much. But then at the end when it's revealed that it was all a show and they're in on it, I was like, oh, that's okay. But then I'm like, but wait a minute, but then, then Wiggum didn't know it was a show? That's where I was confused. But anyway, uh, Mo's sitting there with a the camera. Agnes is doing the makeup. Notice George Bush is also there as well. Oh, I missed that. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so a little back, for, but they drew George Bush like he was in the original seasons, not the way he looked okay. in the episode with Homer and and, and mm-hmm. Homer versus George Bush. We moved across the street, but yeah, then the yes man gets a phone call. Hello, yes, Governor. No, Governor, it's not too late. Yes, Governor, I'll tell him right away. The Governor says he hopes you're a twitcher. Oh yes. Oh. Wiggum then says, chin up, Homer. We've got to put the electro there to uh, ground mm. the, bra- the brainstem. Just all sounds horrible. Just this whole, like, having to go through oh, this. Yeah. Oh, Just, I don't know. They say it's painless. I just can't see how it could be painless. Mm, they, yeah. they say it happens so quickly that you, you, you don't realise that you're paralysed, but there's no way. In all honesty, if I was going to be executed, I would probably want firing squad. Just shot dead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or even, like, like a no country for old men kind of cattle prod kind of deal to the back of the back of the brainstem. Couldn't you? Would would you not just prefer to just be put to sleep and then just executed in your sleep? I think I'd prefer to die of old age. <laughs> <laughs> or, if you or, if you had to be executed, <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. I don't know. May, maybe like a shit ton of heroin or something. <laughs> if we keep putting up videos for that have copyrighted to Disney, we will be executed. So, yes. <laughs> but Homer is crying, says goodbye, Marge. And Marge says, you know, I'll never forget you or whatever. I'm watching this going, this is fucking intense. Like, this is actually intense. <laughs> Marge and Homer think they're about to lose each other. But then it's all revealed that it's actually frame up. And the man with the braces is the host. And Mrs. Bellamy is actually Carmen Electra, who in 2002 was just everywhere at the time. She was indeed. That was good casting in that regard. Yeah, but I loved Homer's, I knew it. 
but it's um, you know, it's it's just yeah, I don't know. The, the the ending is bizarre, but at least they tried to explain it. So Wiggum wasn't aware that you used the the judicial system to uh to do all this. Yeah. Lou and Eddie are going to get producer credits. They're like share. I'm so lucky to be married to such a selfless and loving man. Mom, Dad, thank God you're okay. We were in the green room. I had so much shrimp. Well, I'm glad everyone's all right. But I think you should be ashamed toying with a human life for TV ratings. Uh, Homer, my face is up here. I've made my choice. But, um, but yeah, the ending of the frying game... Very controversial. A lot of people don't like it. I didn't. I didn't mind it. it. Didn't annoy me. I think the um, it's actually the more you think about it, it's actually the perfect ending for the time for the for the era. Like you said, for the reality yeah. shows at the time, it, it actually fits fine. It's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it predates shows like My Big Fat Obnoxious Fiance and Joe Millionaire and another one called Playing It Straight, where I think you had a bunch of gay guys who were trying to convince. Um, it was like The Bachelor, except it was all gay dudes. But they were trying to convince this the bachelorette that they were straight and really interested in it. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Sounds but horrible. That's Fox. So yeah, <laughs> only on Fox. So yeah, the fact that yeah, Frame Up is sort of like uh, the show came up that the Simpsons came up with Frame Up before those shows. I don't know if the suits at Fox were going. Hmm, there might be something in this. But this whole ending, I like I said, I didn't hate it, but no. it really is one of those things where if you if you pull it one loose thread, the whole jumper just unravels. Yeah, this is, but if you, if you just watch this and just watch it for to be entertained, it's fine. I think this is one of the more enjoyable ones that I've watched in a while, especially from season thirteen. It is. I don't know if it's one of my favorites from season thirteen, but it was certainly a very enjoyable half hour or so of comedy viewing. Yeah, good stuff, Ryan Game. I'm just looking through here. I think season 13, if you cut out Gump Roast, mm-hmm. is coming home pretty strong. So since Tales from the Public Domain, we've had Blame It on Lisa, the Brazil episode. Mm-hmm. We've had Weekend at Burnsies, Homer Smoking Dope. We had then Gump Roast, forget that one. I Am Furious Yellow, the Angry Dad comic, mm-hmm. which I liked, which yes. was very topical at the time. The Sweetest of Pooh, where, home, where Pooh cheats. Little Girl in the Big Ten, uh, uh, the Frying Game, and the next week is an episode that I can't remember anything about. So I'm really, really excited. Papa's got a brand new batch. I'm really excited for that one. Well, I think season 13 has come home quite strong. I would agree with you on that, Dando. Look, based solely on the Frying Game, I had a lot of fun with it. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, that if I wanted to spice up uh, my relationship, a mini beret on the end of my wang will uh, definitely do the trick. Although in my case... A regular-sized beret will probably work just as effectively. <laughs> Unless, of course, Calamari are on special. Oh, my God, that guy. Oh. <laughs> His name was Drago. For real? <laughs> big, big, tall, fucking jacked-up dude, yeah. Oh, God, what a mess of a man. But if he's that, if he's a man-mountain like Drago, I mean, you'd be kind of... I mean, not you, Dan, because you're, you're an honourable sort of chivalrous gent. I mean, you'd be saying, get out of here. But, I mean, I'd be like, okay, Drago... <laughs> Do what you want with the calamari. <laughs> I learned that the idea of a gummy, not too unappealing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, a gummy. I've never heard a gummy before. Who do I got a gum? 
I don't want to. I don't want to think <laughs> about it. Tickled me. Don't want to think about it. <laughs> no, no. From this day forward, your names will be. Okay, it is time for new names for the frying game. The current leaderboard for the Guy Davis New Name Championship, which has two rounds to go, including this one, is in third position, Philip Hawkins on 12. In second position, Josh Hedge on 15. And in first position, Garode Harrahill on 17 points. Let's see if Garode can be knocked off the perch. Take it away. Okay, one point this time around Mm -hmm. is shared by two people. Shared by two, okay. Indeed, indeed. Joel Yaland or Yaland or however you care to pronounce his surname gave us crimes and misdemeanors. Ooh, not bad. Yes. While George McEnemy, McEnemy, my own worst enemy. I'm sorry about that, George. I keep I'm, <laughs> one of these days. I'll get it right, sir. We had a nice chat on the on the patron Zoom call the other night, and you'd think I would have nailed it by then. But anyway, he gave us clue dope. Very good. I like. I, like, I do love me some clue. See, the thing is though, in America, it's only called Clue, not Cluedo. Correct. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why they do that, but still, I like. It. I love Cluedo, and I like that title. Well done, George. Indeed, you're a, you're a sucker for for a good board game, and uh, well, there we go. There's um, some titles related to that. Also, with Doe in it, as many of the uh, patrons and listeners have pointed out, you really just have to put Doe in a new name, and I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep, they've got my number. Two points, and guess what? Again, two people vying for the two points. So, well, oh, not even vying. Yes, two points each to each of these people. Mm-hmm. Thalia Enriquez. Ooh, Thalia, well done. What have she got for yes. us this week? With prison fake, not prison break, oh, I like it. but prison fake. Yes. Yeah, very good. And our man Garode Harahill uh, provided us oh, with. Oh man. Yeah, I know. I'm wondering what this is going to do. The numbers. A classic. Who donut? <laughs> That's actually really good. Yeah, I like it. Well done, Garode. Mm. Worth the other three points yeah. there, so that puts him... Oof. No, that's two points. Oh, that's, oh, he shared the two. Oh, okay. I get you. So that puts him on 19 points, I should say. Okay. Yes. You're just, you're just fucking throwing points out here there willy-nilly. I don't know what. I can't keep up. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It was, it was too hard to choose this time. Yeah, right? okay. Yeah. And what was three? But though? this wasn't hard to choose because three points goes to one person and one person only. Mm. Philip the Hawk Hawken. Woohoo! Puts him equal second now. So what did he have for us? A couple of good new names here. Uh, faking a murderer. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. And, of course, because I like my dolls, Murdo they wrote. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Great intro music, Murder, she wrote. Do, 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 do. Very, so jaunty. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, well played. That gets Philip Hawkins from fourth position up into second position. There you go. Well played, sir. He's still four points behind Garode, though. So, the current leaderboards, Josh Hedge, Philip Hawkins, both on 15 in second, and Garode Harrowhill on 19 points in first, which means... Oh. It means yeah. he wins. <gasps> Or does mm. it? For the final episode, should we double or nothing the points? Ooh. I don't think we can change the rules. <laughs> <laughs> just, we don't want to give it to you, Garot. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. you have to tune in next week to find out if we do that, listeners. There you go. There's a tease. We may do like a top five points. 
thoughts. We may, you know? yes, we may indeed. We'll find out. But you have to tune in next week to find out. But the current leaderboard, as it stands, with one episode to go, Josh Hedge, Phil Hawkins, 15, Garode, 19 in first position. Let's see if Garode wins. We may do some fucked up rigging shit. We'll tamper with the evidence. <laughs> pull, pull the race card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is the new name championship for the frying game don't forget if you want to be a part of it you've got one more week to join up for this month uh, for this uh, season I should say just going to get your name on the leaderboard even if it's just one point to enter the wildcard draw but you can only do so by being a patron you know the deal patreon.com slash forfeit this get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts and reviews including Mitch's return to review Black Widow this week as well so if you checked out Black Widow and you want to hear Mitch, Guy, and myself talk about it, just go to patreon.com slash discount. That review will be available to all patrons. So if you go to patreon.com slash discount, you can hear that right now by being a $1 plus patron. And you can join the Facebook group and much, much more. But for now, Mr. Davis, it is time for the mailbag. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Okay, Mr. Davis, the mailbag for the frying game. Let's go to the Patreon group and see what questions have been sent in this week. DL Gorman says, how would you handle a screamer pillar taking up residence in your home? I couldn't kill it. That's for sure. Maybe... No, hmm, you, 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 you won't even kill ants. Yeah. So, yeah, a, a screamer pillar, I don't think... Yeah, I think you would have a bit of trouble... Uh, yes sending to the other side so hmm, that's an it's an interesting one because i cannot handle that noise <laughs> it is a very loud scream hmm, how could you how could you mute it hmm, i'm not too sure maybe yeah i was gonna say put a bag on his head but that would kill it uh yeah dope dope it up dope it up with nyquil or uh... <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing if it's still if it's still alive is it, is it animal cruelty if you're just keeping it asleep oh if you're just keeping it drugged what would happen what would happen if you just I don't know, set up a fire and it jumped into the fire and burnt itself to death. You didn't kill it. It sexually attracted the fire, remember? Oh, there is that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you just I... maybe you just set up its little bed next to the, the oven next time you cook dinner. Bam, problem solved. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's negligence, which would uh, you know result in you ending up in court. Yeah, probably. 200 hours community service. Next question comes no, from... It's worth it. It's worth it. For a good, night's unbro- a good unbroken night's sleep... Yes, I would deliver uh, Meals on Wheels to the elderly for 200 hours. That is for sure. Dave Abbott-Smith with the next question here says, what would your last meal request be for him? It would be ribs, pasta salad, black forest cake, and a nice Shiraz. KFC tenders. Now, I would just literally have a (laughs) giant wok filled with Nicola's uh, risotto, chicken risotto. That does sound nice. I'll tell you what I'd have. Mm Mm-hmm. I would have a dirty, great Scotch fillet steak cooked uh, medium rare, lovely creamy mashed potatoes, uh, peas, as our man mentioned, a good bottle of Shiraz, and for dessert, hmm. This episode mentioned cobbler. I think I might like a nice cobbler with some very rich cream on it. So it's your last meal and you're only requesting two vegetables? You can have as much food as you want. Well, a lot of potatoes and a lot of peas. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Did your mum ever put things throughout the potato? No, not really. No, neither. No, she didn't put in like spring onions or bits of bacon or any of that business. I think it was pretty much, here's some potatoes, we'll add a bit of bacon to it, maybe a splash of milk and just to loosen it up Wait, and turn you, it into you, it. You mean bacon or butter? You said add a bit of bacon to it. I, no... Initially, I said bacon, but no, mum would probably just put butter, 
Yes, yeah. I mean, I've heard that people do that. I've never done that. No. When it comes to mash, I just um, I made mash the other night. It was really nice, actually. Yeah. But but it was just old school with um, bit of butter, bit of milk, throwing a bit of extra garlic because garlic makes everything better, and uh, a little bit of fresh parsley just to add a, add some color. How did your smash but, burgers go? They went great. Yeah, I did. A, I think I did a really good job with it. I could open yeah. a shop. Oh, really? Was it yeah. just, just 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 beef burgers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, no. Um, I got uh, half a half a kilo of beef mints and half a kilo of pork mints, mm-hmm. and I I divided them all up and put equal amounts in in separate bags. And um, yeah, so I made beef and pork burgers with a whole dash of spice through it, an egg, and some breadcrumbs. The burgers came out really nicely. And I got them at just the right size. They were good and thin in the, um, in the frying pan. And, whacked, you know, so I had two of them cooking. When one side was cooked, flipped them over and, uh, yeah, put a slice of cheese in the middle of them. It was so good. Bit of, awesome. a, bit of chopped up lettuce, some very thinly sliced uh, red onion, and some pickles. Sounds delicious. It was really good. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to send us uh, the recipe. I have to make some Guy Davis specialty smash burgers. I, you can really just look on the internet and look for smash burgers because that's all I did. It, it's no secret to it. <laughs> all right, final question here comes from Mark Boston Burgess. He says, if you could invent a game show, what would it be? Would you want a game show that has families competing against each other or just individuals? I think just individuals. Yeah, okay. I, 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 like, I do like the family ones, but they sometimes mm. just... I, I I watch it and get annoyed for the people who are because whenever you watch Family Feud or whatever, you can tell there's always one or two people on the team who are genuinely good at this game, and it's just three yeah. tag-alongs. Like you know, oh, we brought Nana along, and she fucks it up all the time. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I just if I was doing a game show, I'd want to be doing it by myself. That way, if I fail, at least it's my fault. Because Nick and I sometimes watch Wheel of Fortune and have the couples ones on there. And I'm like, I just couldn't forgive you if you fucking bought, bought an A. <laughs> if you said, I'll buy a vow when all the vows were already taken or whatever, I'll just be like, I'll never forgive you. So, so <laughs> I do think the individual ones are better. But what kind of game show? Do you want a fun game show or do you want a. I, I don't. To me, the ones that are just purely based on intelligence and trivia aren't game shows. I wouldn't. You have to do Not crazy really, shit. no. Yeah, I think I'd prefer more the sort of it's a knockout style of mm. you know, physical challenge, wacky physical challenge, or gladiators. Gladiators, that kind of thing. As yeah. opposed to, um, as opposed to Sail of the Century, which I was once on. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we still haven't found the footage of that yet, have we? No, no, yeah. Um, honestly, look, I, <laughs> I really like the Running Man. You know, the Schwarzenegger movie, and that was the Stephen King book. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested in seeing like a modern version of the Running Man, maybe not the contestant's actually getting killed. But like a... Someone has to stay on the run for 30 days and avoid capture. I don't know how they'd be captured. I mean, it'd be like maybe laser tag or something. They'd have to wear something that if um, someone fired a little laser light laser, gun at yeah. or something, it would go... It would go boop, 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 boop. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you got me. Uh, but but, you, but, but you can't be... You get like four hours a day to sleep where you can't be caught. Like invincibility. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm a <laughs> that would be my game show, I think. And I, I think there probably has been like a version of that that, uh, that some TV station, either in America or somewhere in Europe, has put on. Oh, it sounds like a whole lot of fun. 
<laughs> Alrighty, so that is the mailbag for the frying game. Don't forget, guys, if you have some questions, please send them through to simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com and we'll be sure to read them out on next week's show. The very next episode of Four Figure Discount, we're going to be reviewing the finale of Season 13. It is Papa's Got a Brand New Badge. I have no recollection of this episode at all. I'm not going to look it up right now because I want to go in fresh and enjoy it. Uh, but yes, the frying game, an episode that I definitely enjoyed a lot more than I thought I was going to. If you don't like this episode, that's perfectly fine. I can understand why you wouldn't. But guy myself, I wouldn't say we loved it, but it was good. It was fine. It did what it's supposed to do. Entertained us. Here we are now. Entertain us. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, don't forget, rate review us on the iTunes store. Five stars and a few kind words would be much appreciated. Follow us on Instagram. Please do follow us on Instagram. I'm really trying to push that at the moment, at Four Finger Discount. Make sure you follow us and at Four Finger Pod on Twitter for some Guy Davis hilarities. Do you have like a term for your things that you put out, like guyanisms or... Oh, no. Guyisms? Uh, now that you've put me on the spot, I'm going to have to think of a cool name for that. So tune in next episode when I may have one. Uh, if you want to hear Guy and myself review, Lisa on Ice was the last one we reviewed. This month we're going to be doing Home of the Heretic. We go back each month and patrons decide which episode from the classic era to review. Home of the Heretic is going to be this month and last month was Lisa on Ice. If you want to hear that and all the other ones we've done, including I Love Lisa and there's a few, what, about six up to, I, can't remember, I Love Lisa was one of them. What was another one we did? I can't remember now. Uh, nor can I, actually. That's what happens when you do it once a month. They, they were good ones anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Homie the Clown was one of them for sure. Homie the Clown. That was a great that episode. Correct. If you want to hear us yeah. discuss that, you've just got to be a patron. Patreon.com slash four-figure discount. So not only do you support the show and keep the show going, as well as give us a chance to buy new equipment and pump out more and more podcasts for you listeners, but you also get a bunch of exclusive content in return. That's patreon.com slash four-figure discount. Don't forget to also check out all the other podcasts we bring you here on the four-figure discount network. Uh, Talking Seinfeld, Going Down to South Park, The One About Friends, and much, much more. Also, The Movie Guys returns this month with a Black Widow review, including Guy, myself, and Mitch. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for our amazing listeners? Well, you have been listening to Four Finger Discount with Dando and Guy. Call us anytime you need a muscular He-Man. Shh.